Hi, I'm Anna Williamson, and this is the Experian Cost of Loving podcast, where we're going to be having a serious chat about all things romance and money. Lewis, now the bigger earner than me. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Woo me. Excite me. A bit la 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 la. And he'll be buzzing that I just said that. I was a financial mess. And it turns out she's got more money than he has. (laughs) (laughs) Be confident in in who you are, whatever that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Hello and welcome to the Experian Cost of Loving podcast with me, your host, Anna Williamson. Now, today we're going to be talking all about wage gap relationships. Now, this is going to be an interesting one. And I've got three incredible guests who are going to be giving their insight on what they think from a personal and professional viewpoint around money and relationships. So without further ado, I would love to welcome my beautiful trio, my little throuple. They're not actually. Uh, onto the podcast that you never know. We're a very open-minded world. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome, uh, otherwise known as Two Dads in London. It's Rich and Lou, children's author and lifestyle influencer. Hi, guys. Hello. Love that Thank intro. Thank you for having us. Well, and, and parents of two. Yes. Guys, really good to see you. Looking forward to delving more into your relationship <laughs> yeah. and all around wage gaps when it comes to relationships. Um, and I have the most beautiful Dev as well. Dev, uh, personal finance uh, content creator as well. Uh, and you are the knowledge when it comes to Dosh. So welcome to you as well. Oh, apparently so, yeah. yeah. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. And and for the record, you are in a long-term relationship? Yes, long-term relationship. Bit of a, a tiny, tiny wage gap. On a salary basis, we probably earn similar amounts. But because of all the other things I get up to, like online and stuff, mm. mine's a bit more very like I don't have much of a ceiling (laughs) well well yes yes it could be anywhere and I'm going to get straight on in actually you know with with both of you so you mean obviously you guys are in a relationship uh married married yeah for (laughs) how long Six years now. Six years married. I Eleven years him, together. Then. Yeah. Um, Always, yeah. Anything yeah. to do with numbers. Who do you he know? Looks at me. No, you know? I just turned up <laughs> random day. <laughs> married. Um, and 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 obviously you mentioned there straight away, Dev. You know you're in a relationship as well. Um, and I'm married. Uh, I've been married for ten years. And as we know, I mean, this is why we are doing this incredible uh, podcast uh, with Experian because relationships, dating, money, it is all so interlinked. And I think as much as we would love for money to not be an issue for it not to be a thing let's be honest we'd all be lying to ourselves if we said that everyone is nodding here because we know how important um financial stability financial transparency honesty respect and everything else in between it is when it comes to being in a relationship and wage gaps um is something that is it's just talked about so much more as in we should talk about it but no one's actually yeah. talking about it yeah. and does it matter is it important how much one person uh, earns and the other person earns you know how does it work in a heteronormative you know and and non you know what 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 is it all about the landscape so let's let's delve into the nitty-gritty on that so guys let's go with you you guys yeah. first so you're it's all married um Wage gaps, wage earnings, expectations financially on each other. Um, when did this become a thing for you? Like, when did you realise it was important? Or indeed, do yeah. you realise it's important? Oh, I think, I think we realised it was important. When uh, when we first met and started dating, I owned my own flat. And you, oh, did, you didn't? Yeah, you, he, he lived with his parents. So it was a bit different. Um, and we really got into finance talk when we were thinking about it becoming serious and, and Lewis moving in and then actually considering you know, do we move to get a family home? That's when 
all the real discussions of, right, let's have a look at pay steps because when you're applying for a mortgage, no, no, comes no. into it. I was a financial mess, basically <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I had no clue. And uh, at the time I was working self-employed and I think my knowledge of finances was claim everything back so I don't have to pay anything. Yeah. And then, <laughs> We've and then, all done that as a freelancer. <laughs> oh, it's all right. I don't have to pay. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then Richard's <laughs> like, no, we need to have a mortgage. And I'm like, and, what? Yeah. What is all this stuff? His view of a credit much? card was that it was just real money that you could oh, just. Wow. And I'm going, okay, you're paying this every month. Yeah. And it's just adding the same amount of interest. Did you know that? Oh, no. It was just no idea, completely yeah. clueless in terms of money. But do you know what, on that, and I think every credit to the pair of you, seriously, because I think this is really, really uh, indicative and really normal, in yeah, inverted yeah. commas, for a lot of couples. Um, I think it is a stroke of luck and miracle if you get two people within a couple who are both on the same page, you know, with financial education, expectations, yeah. learnings, upbringings, uh, projections. Um, you know, I think that, you know, attitudes to saving and spending, you know, it's, I'd say my husband and I are quite aligned, but but not really. I like, <laughs> I like to spend a lot oh, more than he likes to see. save. Yeah, and he's always like, no, let's save for a rainy day. And, you know, and I get a lot of it. But as you say, there's, there's still that tussle. But every credit to you, to be honest, Luke. So without making assumptions here, it sounds like, Rich, you sound quite financially savvy and quite financially educated. And I'm not saying you no. don't, Lou, but because no, because I, I I'm you. I mean, yeah. you are you're, Rich. You're my husband. Yeah. I am you, Lou. Right. Almost, I kind of go into well, used to not so much anymore because I, I now like to think I practice what I preach, which is why I'm doing this experience podcast. Um, but kind of a bit la 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 la. You know, I earn okay. I pay my tax. I sort of save a bit of that for tax and a bit of that for that and, and a bit of this. And but other than that, I'm going to stick my fingers in my ears. Yeah. And and I'm just genuinely curious, actually, because where does that come from? Where because everybody has um, uh, comes from a, a vantage point of where they have learnt or not learned certain financial education. Now, for example, um, my husband comes from a family where uh, he had to learn himself financial education, and it was really important to him. I sort of coasted through life, you know, fairly privileged I guess you could say not really thinking oh you know it doesn't really affect me much and my brother's a chartered accountant so I can sort of fall back on him you know so really ignorant to be honest um what about you guys sort of have you where did you get your financial education or, or, or lack of I mean for me from the age of 18 I worked in um like holidays so I worked on cruise ships on holiday parks knew so, I loved you Lou yeah <laughs> so, speaking was, my language okay. babe so obviously when you take those jobs you get your accommodation included and the money that you earn really was just spending money so you didn't really have to budget in that kind of job so I lived in my own little bubble loving life doing my own little um like shows that I thought were like West End style were actually they were just entertaining the £9.50 holiday people I mean don't <laughs> underestimate um, it babes. I mean uh, you know they are good shows exactly well when I look back they're not um, <laughs> <laughs> but you were a great performer exactly and when I was when I dated Richard I was touring in a show and exactly the same thing I was living at home with my parents there's no point in me moving out because I was on tour what's the point point? and then yeah. I didn't really like honestly even now we've been married well we've been married you still don't really get it do you I don't, <laughs> to be honest honestly still don't get it we're talking about the stigma of it. I, at least you're I, honest. I, yeah, yeah, I don't no, know yeah. what our electric bill is. I don't know how much our mortgage is. I don't know how much our no. gas bill is. I don't know nothing. And I'm quite, and I'm happy. 
I, I'll often that talk life. about it and go, and, and within five minutes, like, I just don't get it. And I was like, okay. But what we've done is we essentially we've put our money goes in together in a joint account. Great. And on a monthly, as if like a payment, he gets yeah. a, an amount of money, money transferred in that, that he keeps calling pocket money, <laughs> but, <laughs> which is like a joke. But it just works really well. Yeah. That we know everything's covered. Um, yeah. I often get things from him like, oh, I'm always buying the kids stuff because I pick them up from school. And then, yeah. So there is all of that. Yeah. But I think. He is a bit of a tapper, not worry about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's going to be okay. think there's enough in there. Whereas I'm like, what did you just buy? What have we bought? So I'm yeah. probably yeah. the more serious one. Um, and where does that come from, Rich? Like, do you come from a background well, of... No, I of... think I think it probably comes from my, my parents. We, we, we lived in a, a council estate on the eighth floor and, and we didn't have a lot of money when right. we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to a point, I think when I was 13, we moved out <clears> and my parents managed to afford to buy... A house, so I've always seen them manage their money. And You've my, seen the progression. My dad specifically was it was very much he had cash, all these cash bits that was mm. like this is food money, this is house money. I mean, he he owns his house. He still calls it rent money because that's what he's used to. Yeah, and he still yeah. manages it like that. So I guess I've just picked that up, but I don't do it in cash because I'm in much more digital world mm. and up to date with it. But that's probably where it's come from. That whole planning what you do and we want to go on this holiday. Let's think about it. Whereas Lou would just go, let's go on holiday on Friday. Oh, pay for it. And I'm like, hold on, we haven't thought about that. That works. That's like yin and yang. I was just going to say, but but exactly that. And I think what is what is so beautiful about you too is I think you are so representative of quite typical couples actually. And this is the point, you know, is having that dynamic where one is taking the baton in one way and one is taking the baton, and then together you are openly communicating, being honest. And I think this is what's important, you know, when it comes to dating relationships and you know and finances. We don't know it all. Thank you for being so honest about that because. um, there's no shame in any of that. There's only, like, I mean, that is your power and your strength as a couple to recognize. And it sounds like that you have a really good, open, uh, yeah. communicative relationship. Yeah. It's, and it's my answer when they, when I just turn 40 and people go to me, oh my God, you look 40. And I go, my husband deals with the finances. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's got no stress at all. <laughs> actually, I think, actually, I think you got it That's winning. Yeah. Isn't it just? But, but it's, I think you say it's all about that dynamic and figuring out what works for both of you and every credit to you. And I think you're, you're a real inspiration as a couple there. And Dev, what about yourself? So you've got a, a long-time partner. What's the sort of financial setup with you and your partner? It's very similar to you guys. It's um, We both earn like similar amounts. So we have a joint account and we have a mortgage, which I think complicates things a little bit more than if you're mm. just kind of renting together. But yeah, we do live together as well. And I've been very open about money as soon as I started learning about money because I started making the content about money when I started learning about money. Mm-hmm. So then it was like na- a really natural way to yeah. like bring money up in the household. Mm-hmm. But when we got together, we were, I was really young when we got together. So money wasn't something that like influenced my life decisions as much then. I was like 19. So nowadays we speak about, like for example, when we were buying our flat, we were speaking about money all the time. We had our joint budget. We were tracking things really diligently. Um, and now when we go on holiday, we're like planning it together. But back when we were younger, I did not even think about how each of our earning potentials might influence like our future. The only thing I did remember doing was because I've grown up like chasing stability. My parents came to this country when they were in their thir- like early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so stability and like that scarcity mindset has been quite like prevalent for me when right. I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So as I grew up and like met people and was dating and stuff like that I always had it in my mind that I need to be with someone Mm -hmm. who's gonna be able to you know fend for themselves not just look after me 
Um, so when we did meet, I knew he was like, he was ambitious. He was going for like a career that would pay well. Um, so I had that in the back of my mind, but it didn't really, like it didn't influence the relationship too much. Like I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't too stressful. Um, but I think where it can influence the relationship, because you guys have such a healthy approach mm. to like how you manage your money. Mm. And it's because you're so honest about like mm. how money was for you and how money is for you. But if you don't have that honesty, like if I didn't tell my partner that money makes me super anxious and I'd rather just like stick my head in the sand about it, he'd probably think I was really bad with money and he would get like maybe people like, quite resentful yeah. or mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know, a bit more bothered about you're, it. You're spot on about resentment kicking in actually, because I say we all know the, the I think we all know, but it sounds obvious, but it is, you know, a healthy relationship is an open, transparent one, you know, and honesty and withholding information or not being honest about how you feel about certain things, especially when it comes to money, that is where it can start to breed contempt and resentment. And, you know, have you, and I think you make a really good point there, Dev, in that some people listening to this might be thinking, yeah, you know what, I know this is important, but I think we're, it's in our DNA that we yeah. talking about money is embarrassing and oh, how do we talk about it? But I think using um, other people like your platform, for example, um, and and using that as a jump point to kind of say, or you know, listening to this podcast, perhaps might you maybe you want to share this back with your partner, and maybe you can really identify with the guys here, you know, um, or Dev, and just say, look, actually, this I felt was really relatable to our situation, and I've been wanting to bring up our financial situation and some thoughts I have around it. Maybe Maybe I'm a Lou, you know, maybe I'm a Rue, maybe yeah. I'm a Dev, you know, maybe I'm an Anna. Yeah. Um, and I want to open up that conversation, but I don't know how. And I think that is a really healthy way of doing that because inherently people do find talking about money difficult. Yeah. I mean, have you ever had any experiences either with your current relationships or previously that have been awkward or have been problematic when it comes to money? I think talking about money, the di difficulty is, is it doesn't say the same. So for mm. us, we have a, quite a good example specifically for a wage gap in that when we first met, we did have quite a big wage gap. I did earn quite substantially more than Lewis did. Um, and there was that stigma probably attached to us of, oh, you fell on your feet. Oh, you've done really well. Oh, you've had a result. And that probably add pressure, really. I did to, actually get those text to, messages. To that, to that side yeah. of him, which is then, oh, gosh. And he, for a while, I remember we had some conversations. It's like, oh, you know, I'm not really contributing enough. Do you think it's okay? And it was like, well, no, that's what we've decided. We've decided together this is how we're going to do it. The the funny thing about it now is that that slipped on its head. And actually, Lewis now the bigger earner than me. And for me, for, for a while... Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see that finger click and that eye roll. And I think it's like, it's odd. It took but, 10 years. But, but it's still... <laughs> But he's still, and I'm like, this is amazing. I could just manage this money. It ain't even mine. Um, but no, it's just, uh, but it is, but it doesn't mean that he's now taken over because mm. he's earning more. Doesn't naturally mean he's better with it. And right. I think some, and I think that's the other thing. People imagine that if you're a bigger earner, you're better with you're money. More financially And that's savvy. not actually right. Sometimes those with much more tight budgets yes. manage money much better. And we can probably learn from those people that are working with less and doing really well with their money. That's such um, a good point. Because I don't think that's really thought about. It's always, oh, they're high earners. Oh, they've got loads of money. They're fine. They might have lots of credit cards. They might have lots of debt. Mm. They might not own their cars. But also, and it all looks good. Yeah, and also earning more money means yeah. you're paying more tax. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> and I know that, you know, I speak from personal experience yeah. here. Suddenly you kind of, you know, you're, you're tottering along and then you're yeah. like, you get your tax, but how much? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you've really undercalculated <laughs> that. Thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Come with me. Well, it's just spreadsheets. Yeah. Out and he says, <laughs> there it is. Max there it's like, no, I'm going, I'm going out this room. Right. No, like, but do you, but do you have the confidence then to lean into Rich and go like, listen, babe, I, I need a bit of help with this. You know, 
I say sometimes the, the bank have texted me and said that my overdraft. <laughs> yeah. We're in the red. Put more money in my account. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that is like, honestly, like, I, I trust Richard. He loves finances. Sure. That's his thing, you know. <laughs> when it comes to like proper conversations about finances mm. and if we, if we can afford something or whether something is like unattainable. But mm. recently you had... Um, our friends over and they were talking about their finances yeah. and I said well actually I've noticed in myself I don't have a um, I don't have an expensive taste in anything like I don't buy designer clothes I don't mm. do this I don't do that and I find that mm. that helps in situations yeah, yeah, like when we talk about dating at, like at the beginning of our relationship you know it wasn't really like it is now where oh, yeah. you know that's such a big thing. Like for me, it was a, a, a concept that I didn't, I wouldn't have gone on our date going, how much does Richard earn? No. Sure. My hopeless romantic. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> like... and I, I think that's a really important point because, you know, talking about the dating side of it. Yeah. I mean, Dev, what about yourself? You know, when, because there's so much emphasis, or there seems to be, you know, with, with kind of, you know, Gen Z in particular, this emphasis on, yeah. yeah, how much someone's earning before you go on a date. And, you know, as a dating coach myself, it, it I literally put my head in my hands, you know, when I get, typically women, if I'm honest with you, going, right, I, I'm not, you know, unless they take me out on this, 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 you know, and setting these very, very high bars. You know, these unrealistic expectations. But I always say go into that date with the right intentions because, as you've just beautifully articulated, your financial balance between the two of you has literally gone from one end to the other. You were the high earner, you weren't, and then it's flipped over within 10 years. You know, I can relate to that in my my relationship as well, relationships in the past, you know. And it's it's an important factor, but certainly with dating, I always say it should be so far down your list of priorities of importance on your first date because it is about the person. I mean, Dev, how would you say that worked for you and your partner in dating in general? Have you had any expect? I mean, let's be real here. Have you had any expectation? No judgment over you know who's paid for the date. Do, how do you feel about bills splitting? Have you offered? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I I have, I'm really annoying. I'm like quite like hyper independent. So when we were originally dating, like when I met him, I was very like firm on never really letting him pay for much even if he offered, but that's like a personal problem because <laughs> I always wanted to be like contributing something. Even now I struggle to like let, I struggle to let him do anything for me. But I do think with the pressure of like social media and TikTok going into dates these days, there has to be like a line in the sand drawn between what you're seeing everyone else experience like a couple years, if not like decades into relationships, marriages mm. to what you're expecting on a first date. Mm. I don't think if I was dating now, I don't think I would have those expectations because I think I'm a little mm. bit of a hopeless romantic as well. Like I'm going in because I like the person. I want to be loved by them. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily just want to be treated by them like once a week. You're so right. And this is what I say to people. What are your intentions when it comes mm. to dating? You know, if you are literally just looking for a sugar daddy, yeah. then that's what you're going to get. OK, yeah. now that might work for you. But if you're looking for the the, the end goal, is a wholesome relationship with maybe marriage, maybe kids. You know, it's about going in with the right intentions. And by placing such emphasis on status and finances, in my experience as a coach, normally ends in tears. Yeah. And I hate that whenever I, you know, see people. And I would say, it, and it's not to say we can't have high standards. High standards are great, but realistic ones. And also not judging someone, you know, just because how would we feel, right? So I always say to people, how would you feel if yeah. someone judged you and didn't want to date you just because perhaps you were, I don't know, doing a master's or you were just getting into college or you had a bit of a rough mm. time, but you are actually the most wonderful, cultured, you know, yeah. kind, compassionate yeah. person. This is what I say to people. You limit your pool of dating. Yeah. 
instantly the minute you start coming out with this oh I'm only going to want to go to this place here and this place here and you know and it's it's such an unnecessary pressure when it comes to dating it's not realistic it's not realistic Rich no it may not be compatible you may you know if there's if there is a wage gap and there is a big one there's two issues the person who doesn't earn enough money um, compared to the other although maybe a lovely person they probably can't afford those same dates and the issue is date number one goes to the person who earns the most money and they go to this lavish, very plush place. The pressure then is on the other one Mm -hmm. to go, how do I match that? I can't match that. Mm -hmm. And then that's, I think, how some really early conversations are coming up about money, where people are going, I'm just not going to put myself in that situation. Because I think some of the big earners, you say people want a sugar daddy. Mm. Some people, I think, want to be the sugar daddy. Right, absolutely And would struggle that if they had five years of giving all the money and giving all of the you know direction and then all of a sudden there was an opposition where they're no longer the one with the most mm-hmm. money I'm not sure that that ends well. I think I that ends in tears. Such a great point because there's that dynamic shift yeah. and I have actually seen that happen the other way around. Yeah. Exactly that. And it suddenly goes if there's nothing if the foundations aren't there what happens when, as you say, invariably that position can will change. Yeah. You know, this that's real life. Such a great point, Rich. We have we had there was some interesting trends that are going on on social media, which I wanted just to get your thoughts on. Um, this one was really interesting, and and I, I have to say I I quite like it. I mean, this is a very new one, uh, particularly because I think we've all correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you know what don't talk about money, dear. You know, it's a bit vulgar to talk about money. Don't ask how much people earn or how much that costs and things like that. But things are slightly changing, and I'm kind of okay with it. You know, as long as it's not done in a braggy sort of way uh, or being tight, you know, and mm. selfish. You know, I think there's a very fine line and there's a middle ground here. Um, but Lucas Battle, uh, who is a TikTok creator, he has sparked this massive trend called loud budgeting. Yeah. Okay, um, so if you haven't heard about this, it's about basically being vocal about your financial constraints and basically prioritizing your saving goals unapologetically. It's basically setting your boundaries and saying, look, sorry, I'm not coming on the lads holiday because actually I can't afford it. I mean, it sounds like a really simple, sensible solution, but we know it happens. So what are your thoughts on loud budgeting, Dev? I I really, really love it as well. I think it's just a really great way for like young people. It's just another reason to be able to say no to something and like own your position or own your like priorities and values and stuff. Because even on, like I've been on a couple of Hindus in the last year and where we've had conversations about like affordability and like can everyone do the same activities on the trip the conversations about money have happened outside of like the group yes like it's always been someone messaging the the organizer yeah saying oh can we actually organize something different and I think this is just a great way for conversations like that to be just a lot more open Mm -hmm. because you always just need one I think young people these days you just need like a trigger point or like a fall-off point to start the conversation yeah and I think that taps into confidence like and I think another I often hear that you know, coming up when some people aren't drinking, you know, alcohol. A meal, and yeah. That's a, and a meal yeah. out. And that's a huge thing. And then you always get someone that scrags at the end going, oh, they're so tight, I can't believe yeah. you know. But again, it's it's okay. If you say it up front and that everyone knows the parameters, it's setting boundaries, mm. really. And I think there is a way to do that. Also, I think it's a good way for people to have more confidence in, like, their priorities in life as well. Like, if you're saying no to like a hen because you want to go for your own holiday at the end of the year and you're able to actually vocalize that to your friends, it's easier for them to understand that rather mm-hmm. than having this like all this like fear and 
anxiety around actually just talking and saying, oh, no, I actually can't afford that, but or, I don't want to talk or about Or ducking why. out with an excuse. Yeah, yeah. you're not going, oh, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd, yeah. we've moved it's a real on reason. from that. Yeah. You're being honest. Yeah. yeah. saying, actually, do you know what? I just haven't got the money. Right, yeah. I'm not being a yeah. flake on the night because yeah. I'm actually having a panic attack because I can't yeah. afford it. Um, what about, um, there was another trend as well. Um, I'm just curious to know your thoughts on this. Um, it's just a, a viral video. Um, it said, uh, if your partner earned... This is a real situation. If your partner earned 230 grand more than you, I mean, wowzers, wedge. Um, Get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, dear okay. Hello. Oh, We're all available or could be, right? Uh, would you want them or expect them to pick up more of the bill? And this is often the case with wage gap relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've heard, I've had, uh, you know, clients of mine or friends of mine that have this tussle. You know, she earns more, but he expects, uh, oh, sorry, she earns less, but he expects, in this case, to be 50-50 of the mortgage and the bills or, you know, so what are your thoughts around that? Because um, what are your thoughts around that? I, I I think it depends on the relationship again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Richard will honestly tell you that I don't pay for anything. Well, as in he does, but he just doesn't know how it works. I, I think, don't I initiate think, yeah. the payment. That's what I mean. If we're right. in a restaurant, we went out this weekend um, for our Christmas present um, and... We went to a, a restaurant and then I don't I don't even flinch. They would have imagined it was out, me that like, paid, literally. but it's not. It's our joint account. So, yeah. but the the, the way it would have imagined it was me that paid, and it's that's sure. not the case. And they normally between us they go, should we? Are we splitting the bill? <laughs> yeah. Like, Do they we always get that? that. <laughs> yeah. Are we splitting this? Like no, they were married. <laughs> no I just, on some level, I assume he's using the joint account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think what's the point? But, but there's that trust, and that's where we come back but to I think, the whole yeah. trust. The thing is though, I. You cannot surely expect the person who only earned a certain amount when they're 230 down to pay the same. Because you, if you was that person who earned more money mm. and you're going to make the other person pay exactly half of what you can afford, they, they'll never afford it. So there's got to be there's got to be an honest discussion about mm. it. But it's not got to be held against them. And I think right. that's the you need to be honest that in, you know, in a couple of years time, am I then owing you? Because I think yeah. that's yeah. what's happened. Um, and then people resent them again Very and go, I've kept you in clothes and food and a house. And that person may have done all the other stuff that actually I, I know I don't do. The sweat. Do some yeah, of the yeah. sweat. And, yeah, he jokes, I don't know where the washing machine is. I know where it is, but he's just asked him if he so much you... better at that stuff than I am. And it's just That's the silly. You know, That's yeah. the, the best yeah. one was, he said, I'll take the kids to school. I said, do you want the postcode? <laughs> <laughs> the I dropped them there yesterday. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because you, you have a really good way of communicating between the two of you. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I, if, if one is earning substantially more, do you think that should be reflecting perhaps a percentage, uh, you know, pro rata mm. or whatever of who puts what into the family? I mean, yeah. it sounds fair. I've heard of those those setups as well. I think I, I think it just depends. It is definitely has to be driven by the person earning less, mm. like in terms of what the couple's doing. But I think it just yeah, what the benchmark is. Yeah, yeah. what the benchmark is because you you cannot expect to split expenses based on a two thirty k salary. But it comes back down to um, telling your partner how you feel, either telling them what you're earning and how money makes you feel, or having that conversation openly about okay, well, what are the expectations about what I'm gonna pay and stuff throughout the relationship, but also taking into account all this unpaid labor mm. i think there's a responsibility for the person who's earning more you need to be aware of what's going on at home mm -hmm. in terms of are you able to earn more because of unpaid labor right yeah. um and then if you're the person earning less than your partner it's so difficult to bring up that conversation i understand that as well like there's so much anxiety there but there's just so 
like you either choose to live and mm. suffer in that kind mm -hmm. of environment or you can choose to bring it up like it is it is a choice and at the end of the day if it's a relationship you shouldn't it sh you, like the length of the relationship or the quality of the relationship shouldn't be based on owing each other things mm -hmm. further down the right. line like you should want to like be together and enjoy being together it's in a, a loving relationship yeah. Yeah. without holding money against right. each other. Right, and, and, and it's such a good point, yeah, and what who puts what into yeah. Yeah. that dynamic of the relationship because the financial input is just yeah. one of mm -hmm. a million things that, that people, you know, even say, we joke, but even, yeah, doing doing the washing and knowing yeah. what the washing yeah. machine yeah. is, yeah. And yeah. Like, doing the food shopping, doing the this, doing the that, you know, a relationship is, is made up of so many more things and yeah. I think the emphasis placed on the finances, yes, it's important, but I think it does uh, or has historically discounted counted the support network going yeah. on behind the scenes without that it wouldn't be able to let the financial one flourish so but, I, th but I do think if imagine going on a first date yeah. and you were earning 30k and the other person was earning 230k mm. and halfway through your meal they drop in by the way i earn 230,000 i'm i'm a millionaire it would probably worry you initially mm. if you was that lower earner yes. and i think the sign straight away that that person is talking about it means you probably need to quickly have that conversation that says oh well i actually do only earn this much so there's an early conversation because you can easily probably skid 10 12 weeks into dating that's really mm -hmm. fun and mm -hmm. but then that conversation is going to happen at some point you may as well be more open and and i'm not you know wearing the sign or i earn this but mm -hmm. if you was having that sort of dating it is sensible to have it out up front because you'll only get 10 weeks into liking that person more exactly. and realising actually there's this big financial situation mm -hmm. that's going to be a problem. And that's a great point actually, Rich, because in dating, I think, yeah, it's taking those cues mm. in those conversations. If someone did bring up money, albeit subtly or whatever, and suddenly drop a little bomb in of, mm. I own this, um, you, as you say, use that as your springboard. We're saying yeah. about springboards, talking about money in those early stages, yeah, to, to, to you know, lay your wares, you know, subtly, you know, or, or however you want to, because it suggests to me with my coach hat on that that's important to that other person yeah, the fact that they've bought it up yeah. mm. what value do they place on that are they are you know, and, and it's being curious about where that's come from is it because they've been uh taken advantage of in the past because of their money is it because they're a boaster is it because they have a power struggle and they like to be you know the powerful one um or are they just aware or are they you know it's finding out where that's come from and then as you say if how that makes you feel which typically plays into confidence and mm. self-esteem but also then being being very clear about your expectations and your boundaries around that. Because they say you can earn a, a load of cash, but if you're not comfortable or don't want that person to spend all yeah. that money on you, but as you said, Dev, you know, you're very independent yourself financially for your own reasons. That's also okay and, and to ask for that compromise. Um, I'm just going to bring it because I'm aware I'm waffling on um, but just wanted to bring a couple more things in just to get your, your opinions on. So our Experian research um, threw up um, that 26% of men have lied about their job or salary to impress a date and 16% uh, of women had. So um, over a quarter of men, this is in obviously heteronormative relationships, mm -hmm. I would assume, a uh, quarter of men have lied about their job or salary to impress. Yes. Wow. I, I thought that figure would be higher. Um, yeah, I just thought that because low, I, I think... For men, maybe men in particular, but society as a whole, your self-worth is tied to your like wealth status or your pay slip or whatever it is. I think it's really like it's really common to associate how good of a person you are or how worthy of a like partner you are based on how much you earn. So I could I can understand why men or like that, like 26 parents or whatever, are lying about how much money they earn because that's their way of showing 
their partner like I am going to be good enough to provide for you and like I can actually do this and it's a really sad like reflection of how they've been brought up really Mm. because Mm -hmm. they've tied that like it's it's come it's not coming from inside like self-worth it's like now it's like back in time cavemen go out bring in the biggest beast or whatever it's exactly the same thing it's like now the Mm -hmm. wage represents like what they can bring to provide for the people you know and that's just changed for us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think the fact that that would be a conversation and the fact that these people are over again what they're earning, mm-hmm. that's probably an immediate worry because actually it's possibly a sign that if you find out somebody was lying about their salary, yes. there may be more other financial things yeah, that you need to be concerned about. about. And that's where you need to really see, would you, do they have lots of credit? Are they splashing this cash and they can't really afford it? Right. It's about being sure that you actually check that because I think it's an easy thing to add a 10, 15,000 right. on and look good. But and actually, is that real? Is that real? And if that relationship does yeah. move down you the line, you will find out eventually. You will find out and yeah. then you're starting your relationship on some untruths, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is a shaky ground. Because yeah. as you say, what what else are they massaging? It starts to you make know? you worry. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Exactly. So, and, and then you've just got to kind of, yeah, you have to backpedal, which yeah. is exhausting for, for yourself. Yeah. And then the other one I wanted to bring up um, was um, also our experience research found that 65% of men would be comfortable entering into a relationship with someone who earns a lot less than them. Um, 50% of women, uh, that was versus, again, this is in heteronormative. So what do you think about that? 65% of men are comfortable entering into a relationship uh, with someone who earns less. I mean, I'm really struggling with this because I think for me, I don't, I have no problems with this whatsoever. Mm. I find that... Me neither. Yeah, if you're going to be with someone, mm. you're going to be with them, whether they've got mm-hmm. £10 to their name, 10000 Like I just don't understand why people put so much emphasis on how much people work. But I think the problem is, and thinking about men specifically, there is that whole masculine culture. Mm. I mean, I was I used to play football three times a week. There would always be that, oh, yeah, you're taking the missus out. And there's, mm. there's that underlying thing that they're fighting with that isn't re- that's not what they're really fighting with because yeah. actually that's the biggest issue is that they don't want to tell someone in the change room, oh yeah, well they earn more than me. Mm-hmm. I think it's really annoying because mm. Me- mm. I-, I think that just shows that there's a lot of assumption around, mm. again, these like assumed roles, yes. especially in like yeah, sexual re- relationships of the woman in the household and like the unpaid labor. It's like just assuming that, you know, I don't need to earn more than my partner because they don't need to earn more than me. You know, mm. I- I- that assumption like really irritates me a little mm. bit. I kind of just want to add, just thinking about me and my expectations, I think it's different maybe if you're a woman and like also how you've grown up because I Mm. don't think, if I'm being honest, I could have entered any relationship where I know that I'm at least not being matched. And that's Mm. just for like the safety or like the stability of my life in general, just because I know what not having that looks like. Right. And it's like more of a safety thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for life. So I think it maybe matters a little bit I guess personally and also mm-hmm. maybe for a woman and also someone who's grown up from like with an immigrant background. But it makes sense, right? It, yeah. When you say that, it ma- because that's your due diligence, because that's you saying, I'm not discounting anything, but these are just my boundaries and my ideal. This is my this is my playing field that I, I want to play in. Yeah. Um, and that's what you're reaching out for. And that's OK. Guys, we could talk for ages and I have so enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your valuable input, your insight, personally and professionally. I mean, I know I learn an awful lot more about it. What would you say your sort of key takeaways have been through our chat? Anything that surprised you or has just solidified it even more that what you're doing is good? (laughs) I would say if you're going on a date, try and make it less like an interview. Yeah. 
going yeah. with your heart because yeah. at the end of the day you're going to be old old men together. But but be honest, <laughs> just be honest. Yeah. I think that's the key about money and finance. Be honest, like you would have to if you were applying for a credit yes. card. Just be. I'm scared, really but honest. I'm a great lover. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much? Too much. That's what Don't it do that. Down to. Don't do that. But yeah, de- de- I always have to take it too far, Dev. <laughs> um, I think mine would be, okay, being honest and communicating your feelings about money, how you grew up with money and all that stuff. But I think, especially if you're a woman, just having your own back and like, especially when wage gaps exist in relationships, like looking for potential red flags and like mm. actually using that maybe as a springboard to talk about money with your partner but like really watching watching your own back a little bit because you can't let your um your successes and like your financial successes successes especially um let that be a reflection of your partner's self-worth and and you can't put yourself in kind of a risky situation for um later on down the line when finances could impact the relationship mm. Love it, guys. Thank you so much. So that is it. That is our Experience Costs of Loving episode all about wage gaps. I mean, I think we've all established that wage gap relationships are a thing, but do they have to dictate the success of your love life? I think we've established certainly not. We'll see you next time. If you're struggling with money worries or debt, then you're not alone, but help is available. Whilst the first step is often the hardest, it's also the most important. You can reach out to Step Change, Citizens Advice or National Debtline who all offer free, independent advice for a wide range of money issues.